0: Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Seidel, along with Derek Seidel and Josh Trope, and this is Coach Speak. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. We are joined today by Tim Kane, Man, Tim Kane, the head girls basketball coach at Father Gabriel Richard High School in Ann Arbor. Coach, thanks for coming on. It's good to be here. Surprised I got uh, asked to come back, you know, so... You're a two-timer, man. You, you were on for football picks one time, and now you're actually for, on for, for basketball. That's good.
1: I'm surprised you guys still do that. I mean, 500 pick in high school, that's, that's not the best.
0: <laughs> well, hey, we're, before we get into it, we're, we're, we're only picking the tough games. We're not picking, you know, you know, Chelsea versus whatever team from Canada they get to play them every year. So, I mean, we're picking tough games. Well, it, then you'd it, be
2: one and one. Your, your Irish yeah. killed us this week, too. We all picked uh, FGR and, and uh, didn't go well out in Jackson Northwest. I'm not sure any of you have been to
1: Washtenaw County in, in how long. Like
0: <laughs> I live in Washington County. Uh, do you? Do you, though? Dexter, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I leave it a lot. <laughs> you know, I also feel like we're doing a, a promo for the Catholic League today. I mean, we got Gabe Richard represented. We got Lumen christie represented. I mean. We're going to try to get through this anyway. But I, um, let's go to basketball, Coach. Let's get away from football for a second. There is a, it's a ton of excitement surrounding the, uh, the FGR girls program right now. Uh, you have some nice pieces returning. You have some nice ones coming in. Do you embrace the hype and say, bring it on? Or are you trying to downplay this uh, team's potential this year?
1: I mean, honestly, as, as four coaches, we, we all go into season, you know, feeling pretty confident in our team. At least we want to get them there. Uh, we all have high expectations of what we want to accomplish. And this year is no different. We're just younger and there is a little bit more talent. Um, previous years we've had really good athletes, but who have, who have focused on other sports. So I think this is the first year we've actually had basketball first girls. And, you know, so that's exciting. Uh, they want to be in the gym a lot more. and You know, this part-time job has become more of a full-time job, but, uh, you know I'm ready for it and I'll give them everything I got so
3: coach do you have a lot of girls that are playing volleyball or running in the in the fall here do you have uh you know are they all kind of just focused on basketball right now
1: no we got uh I know we got four volleyball players that will be on varsity um is it lacrosse is now or if I get lacrosse and field hockey confused but hmm. Couple of those and then we got some runners. And so, you know, it's, you know, at FGR you don't really play one sport. You play multiple sports, um, but we do have a couple, two sport girls that play soccer and basketball. So um, we get, we can have the opportunity to be in the gym a little bit more.
2: Coach, you mentioned a lot of your, your talent is young this year. How young will you guys be And that? Did that affect um, who you decided to schedule non-league this year?
1: No, I, uh, I'm an idiot. I got uh, two freshmen, um, two to three sophomores. Um, uh, three of those will probably be starters, uh, three juniors, and, and three seniors. So we're balanced. I got Arbor Prep on the schedule, Westfield Prep. Uh, we're playing Lansing Catholic, so Ann Arbor Pioneer. We're all in, man. We're, uh, uh, you know, last couple of years when I came in, I thought our schedule was too hard but I didn't have full-time players. So as, as the talent improves, the schedule will improve, you know, so we're, we're going to throw them in there. We probably have the toughest district uh, with Chelsea, who's just absolutely stacked. So if we're not playing top teams and we're not going to be ready for a game like that with, with McCullough and Wells and Lay, and they're just so loaded. So our focus is to play the best and to be ready to play the best
2: in districts. Yeah, that's a great schedule.
0: Let's talk a little bit about specifically about your team though. I mean, I, I know you haven't had tryouts yet. and Don't really have an official roster, but there's some girls I have a feeling are going to be on your roster. I mean, we have, a, there was a, you had a freshman guard last year, a uh, Charlotte Miller. You have uh, two girls uh, coming in this year that the twins, you get two for the price. And we get the Rodriguez girls, uh, Ava and Vanessa, and we will make a deer run reference at some point that that's where their basketball career started. Uh, we just did it. So um uh, those, I mean, I'm, 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 always biased toward guards. I mean, I just think guard play in girls basketball, let alone boys basketball in high school is just, man, it's, it's big. And you've got three right there that can play. And you've got some other pieces too. You want to talk a little bit about them and some of your other players? Well, this will be my
1: fourth year at FGR and we, we've yet to cut. So, uh, you know, oh. I'm pretty sure I, I know what my roster is. Okay. All right. Um, yep. Yeah, so, you know, you talked about, the, the twins, Ava and Vanessa and Charlotte. We have a sophomore, Fiona uh, Fitzpatrick, who's going to get some quality minutes. She really benefited from the uh, five quarter rule uh, last year as a freshman. Uh, she got a little varsity experience there. Uh, she'll probably our big off the bench. Um, and then we have three juniors uh, that, that will cut, co- you know, we're pretty balanced. Uh, I do have Daniel Heyman. Uh, who is actually coming over. She was homeschooled. Uh, I don't know if you know how the homeschool system works, but it closes after your junior year. So she's actually coming to FGR. Her brother came to FGR. Uh, she, she's a very talented guard. So now you're looking at four guards on the floor. Um, Michaela Weraway, she played uh, quite a bit for us last year. She'll be a senior. She's really long, helps her defenses go. But, you know, we're going to be really small. Uh, really quick. Uh, we can shoot the ball this year. So I, I've already made a uh, Jake Fosick. I, I've already made a call to try and learn his little matchup zone. I think that gives some people problems. So we're going to adjust whatever, whatever, you know, defense we can play will we'll benefit
2: that size. And I think, I think we'll be okay. Great idea, calling Jake with the matchup zone that, that caused Most of us uh, in boys' basketball nightmares. I mean, I know I lost a lot of sleep trying to prepare for that. Also, shout out to Jake. Um, We haven't mentioned on the podcast, but he just became a full time assistant at Concordia. So, really happy for him. His college uh, coaching career really is starting to take off. So, it's really exciting. Um, And, you know, you mentioned, you know, lack of size and things like that. But are there really, and and I haven't paid close enough attention to know, so that's why I ask, are there really, a lot of dominant post players out there in the girls game right now
1: well in the catholic league there are <laughs> okay. no i didn't know yeah oh yeah so you know you got marion and mercy they always got big centers d1 centers uh, as oh wow against that um so we've had it we've had to play some zones just to slow those kind of teams down um and, and you know those programs have have the six two six three volleyball players too so yeah so Outside of those teams, there's not a lot of dominant centers, but Mary and Mercy, you got, you got to bring it. You really have to be able to,
2: and uh, Regina is just huge this year. Yeah. I forget uh, how tough your league is. I mean, that's insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Coach, you, uh, um, you're a boys coach most of your career. I know you, you had a little girls background when you, when you first got going when you were a young buck, but you, you, you were known in this area as a, as a, as a boys coach and uh head coach at, at Willow Run, head coach at Dexter for a period of time, uh, JV coaches at multiple schools. And all of a sudden you end up, at uh, gave Rashard uh, coaching girls. And first of all, how did that happen? Uh, I mean, you know, we kind of know how it happened, but, you know, in terms of how do you get to Rashard, like why, why Rashard? And then also the differences between coaching and girls and boys, you obviously uh, have experience with both now. And what do you think about that?
1: You know, I, I, I don't think there's a ton of difference. You know, the X's and O's are a tiny bit different, um, but honestly, in the Catholic League, the coaching is so much better, or at least has been on the girls' side, than what I've faced. Uh, you had um, Cicerone, Cicero from from what 600, 700 wins, right? You had Diane Laffey who had five hundred wins. You have Gary Morris at I think he's three, four hundred. Like these guys have all been there, so it really upped your game from from maybe it's just the Catholic league I think with girls basketball you have the, the, the have and the have nots. I think there's a lot of really talented programs and there's ones that just struggle so you have a lot of blowouts uh, but just going to the boys it never really bothered me in college I coached uh, two and a half years girls basketball you know while I was going to school at University of Kentucky I uh, came back when you coach the boys and the girls I was with uh, Scott Stark I don't know if you remember that name he oh, yeah. got my, he brought me over there for a while and, Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoy basketball. I think with the girls, um, you know, sometimes they get a little too down on themselves. So you're constantly trying to build them up and build confidence. Whereas I think a lot of the boys have a little too much confidence. So it's a little different dynamic, but they're all individuals. Like, so you just find out how to coach each individual instead of like one way, Uh, like Tony's completely different than Derek. Like I think Tony, we had to get to shoot the ball, you know, and, you know, we want 10, 15 shots from every game. And, you know, he, he's the kind of kid that might've the wrong coach in there. He might've been happy with two shots and not turn the ball over. So, but we wanted a bigger role and you just figure out how to coach each individual. Like Derek would have shot every time. If you- <laughs> Correct.
3: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs>
2: So you, you mentioned um, the, the girls and the boys game and very similar, you know, game. And I, and I would agree, you know, a lot of us on here, obviously, girls basketball coaches at one point in our career. And I, and I loved I thought it was a really rewarding experience. Um, why Why FGR? How, like, is it was it good as far as fit for where you teach, where you live? Um, was there something that attracted you to that program? Because it certainly seems like there's plenty of jobs open every year. There, um, there's like plenty. The- there's plenty. and I, I
1: won't apply for any of them for the next four or five years so no <laughs> I, I
2: seriously I, I believe i didn't wasn't insinuating no you were,
1: I, well just i mean i get asked all oh, did you apply for huron did you like i'm not applying for anything i'm happy where i'm at but it was rex told me that the administration was great uh the ad with rex Stan, you know rex but yeah so you know administration was great the ad was great they're very supportive uh parents let you do you as long as it doesn't cross that line and and it's right up the road from where i teach
2: it, it was the best of. All worlds, really. So you, you mentioned the Huron job, and I, I didn't think you'd apply for it. But who is the Huron coach? Uh, that is not official, I believe. Oh, okay. So they don't have a coach right now. Okay.
1: <laughs> sure, they don't have a
2: coach. At least publicly, they don't have it. No,
0: I'm not losing my job. i the podcast yeah, smart man. You are it's smart man. All what, right. man. <laughs> what the heck is going on at Huron? But you're right. That, we, we got we got to get on that at one point. But that's goodness gracious. So. Hey, I, hey, um you you share a, you share a gym uh in the winter with the legendary rex stantec uh what how do you how oh. do you how do you two how do you two coexist
1: well i ask rex what he needs and i take whatever's left over <laughs> oh.
0: well in between his concert tour i, I don't <laughs> think he's even does he even practice or does he just have assistants running his practice so he can go to concerts but you 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 guys obviously get along pretty well i assume Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, He's a good guy. And I knew him. Um, I had a a bunch of his, uh, his players from common bond. Uh, So there was that relationship the the Matt Pettit, the JT Knights, the Matt Johnson's. So, you know, when you're coaching his best players, um, that that's where the relationship started. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just respect the basketball. He does a great job over there. And, and so good luck, just great.
3: (laughs) Uh, coach, I'm curious, you know, looking back at your, your past experience, you know, at Dexter and at Willow Run, those, those head coaching jobs, how do you feel those jobs have shaped you as a coach kind of system-wise or just how you handle, uh, all the aspects of being a head coach?
1: I mean, Willow Run was great. It was the first varsity experience. Um, you know, so that was a fun year. Um, you you really, a lot of teaching on the fly. I think we started 0 and 8. I think we ended up with 10 wins. Uh, so that was that was really a fun thing. And then coming back to Dexter was fun for a while. Um, but, you know, a lot of good families. Uh, we had some talented players there, Drew, Drew Bishop and, and Brady Rosen. And, and we had a lot. We had some talented years, some good games with Josh. I think our first game was probably the most exciting one. It was in the 30s. You know, you don't think a game in the 30s is exciting, but it was good. Like you had a talented team, and we were the underdog, and it was great. Um, and then he got me on the
2: on the half court shot. I think the last game we we did so, but I think that was sports. I think it made like sports centers top 10. That was crazy. That yeah, was, that was a
1: good game. I mean, yeah. just got to make some free throws, really. But uh, but <laughs> you, you learn a lot. Um, so. And every every year, every time you coach a new season, you learn you learn a ton. So I've learned to calm down a little bit too. So that's nice. And and I wear
2: smaller clothing. Um, You knew that was coming up later. We were definitely coming. I was just going to take
1: it on now instead of later. Uh, I think that's the big difference between the girls. Like you know, I have to wear shoes that match and 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 a large instead of an extra large shirt. And um,
2: I don't talk. Still don't talk. I don't think you need to, as long as it's not down to your knees. I think yeah, you need to know yeah. appropriate. You know, right. I did
1: that because one, I couldn't afford new clothes, and I was just getting bigger and bigger. And then you know, I, I didn't own an iron back then, so you, you know, the, the longer the clothes, the less you have to iron. So
2: that's actually really smart. That's well yeah. thought out. They give you a lot of credit. <laughs> I, I do. That, that's good. Well. I'm going to jump back to this year's girls team. And, and I, I want to, you know, I, I know the regional pairings aren't out yet, but you mentioned how tough your district is and it is, I mean, with, with you and Chelsea mean, in my opinion, your, your two top 10 teams, I mean, I, I would argue that Chelsea is more talent than maybe any team in the state in division two. I mean, they have two division one players, a division two player and multiple other future college players, you know, in the program. So um, yeah, incredibly tough district. And, but, again you know i i obviously your coaching ability will give you guys a chance to win that and you do have talent yourself um and if you get out of there i look at possible matchups in a regional with parma western tecumseh lansing catholic williamson i mean i don't think anybody has a tougher road than than you guys coming out of that district but i mean if you get through the regional at, at that point no. you got a like, chance a little bit right no you you play depth Oh, that would be your quarterfinal. That, that's a quarterfinals. Oh wow. That's yeah. that's a I, that's a tough road. Okay. <laughs> we can do
1: what we can do. Well, you know, Depths beat Westfield Prep this year with the Isis Johnson girls, is just phenomenal. Okay.
2: And that, that's Matt Siddle's doppelganger that coaches Westfield Prep. Uh, Dave Mann. Dave Mann, yeah. They they, they are they could be twins. Yeah.
1: In fact, so Dave was a uh, I think a seventh grade coach at Celine when I it was in eighth grade. So Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I saw him at B Cam, and uh, I was like, you, you, "You look familiar. Name's familiar." He's like, "Well, did you play at Celine?" And so we made the connection this this year.
0: And uh, if I knew that, I wouldn't schedule them this year. So, very cool, Coach. You've got some connections. I mean, you just—I I look at your like, you know, how you evolved as a coach. And we're going to get into your system play here, maybe a little bit, and see how that's evolved. But I start thinking about, you know, you, you played under Ken Sipple who was just, you know, a guy that I heck, I covered him when I was a newspaper reporter, when I was still coaching, like, middle school basketball, when he was a sling coach. You, you had some AAU experience with Robin Raymond. You coached on Randy Swoverland's staff. You've been with Trump at Belleville, you know, Lovelace at Skyline. You were, you were even with me for a while when we weren't at each other's throats. We had some great moments together. Uh, it's amazing we're still talking. But you've had quite an experience to build on. I mean, like, how is that of all the people influence you on what to do, what not to do. And like, and how is it kind of shaped? Like Derek asked the question about shaping, but how's it shaped your system or just your thinking about basketball? I mean, you just take, you take the best qualities. I, I think
1: Randy Swoverland was, was great in preparation and, and the scouting reports were just spotless. And, you know, I try and do that. You were big on switching defenses and, and giving a lot of, a lot of things for the opposing coach to think about and prepare for you. So for me it was I'm gonna do that, you know, give myself a, a good advantage. And you just start stealing stuff from other people, a set here, you know, I I Jake was with us. He runs 97 sets at Celine. I start stealing some stuff. Um I press breaker from from Trope. You know, the funny thing is you do steal from people that you, you coach with, but I get more from coaching against people and really breaking their film down. And, and how did you, you beat this, you know, cause I watched six games and no one can, can, can break it. But, you know, you watch enough film, you eventually figure out, you get, you, you get the answers through film. So, you know, you take the best qualities. The preparation is, is basically what I learned from all these coaches. Um, and, and then film, film helps you out with, with.
2: I love that you said um, that, one of the things you love to do is because you, I know you watch so much film and you are incredibly prepared. You, you know, you do take things, and I, I remember you uh running our box break against Ipsy and things like that. But you've done that from all the coaches. I mean, you've run a, some of Robin's best sets, his two guard stuff, but you didn't run everything, you just took the best of it, which was really smart. Jake's backdoor stuff, whatever it is. But you also are really innovative. I mean, I you played a lot of that flat 3 2 zone when nobody was playing it, giving people problems. Um, and and I always thought you did a really good job adjusting to like the second time we played you was a nightmare because you'd have a bunch of little wrinkles and and you'd be disruptive and things like that. I think that's really a lost art nowadays. I I don't think young coaches are watching enough film. Um, and I, and I don't think a lot of girls coaches watch film. I don't mean to sound negative towards the girls game, but I think that's also why you're so good at what you do. You're I think the FGR girls have a huge advantage having you on the sideline because you You're so in depth with everything you do. So our young coaches out there watching, I mean, I know it's the the big movements, player development, things like that, but listen to coach Kane. I mean, you can learn so much from watching film. Um, Do do you, so my question is with your team, how do you watch film? Your opponents, you more, when
1: those receive that? I do. You know, I watch, you know, I, I try not to watch film that night. (laughs) You know, I I try and go to sleep or or something, uh, but I'll usually watch film that night and come in, you know, if we play Friday, Saturday, we're ready to go. Um, But, you know, to me, it's the best thing is in the Catholic League, you play everybody twice, sometimes three times because we have that tournament, which is just awful, awful to play a team three times is just in a 22 game season, 20 game season but you know, a lot of coaches don't like to play people that you see later on. I'm all about it because I think we can learn a lot. Um, beginning of the year we, we do, and it's never fun. We do cleanups. We'll take one or two games and it will be a brutal hour, hour and a half session. And then we don't really do that after a couple of times. And I let the girls know that that's happening. Uh, and then, you know, we're really looking at where their tendencies are and, and we show other games. Like, look how they're attacking this. Look how they, this this kind of zone is. But, you know, the great news is, is – or the great thing is coaches are full of patterns. So you just figure out their patterns and what they do. And this is what they do after timeouts every single time. This is about where they change their defense halfway in the second. You know, so you just pick up on tendencies and you know things are common. And every once in a while you just get completely – confused and shocked and but uh is everything so you're just picking up tendencies
2: you might want to remind rex that he could still watch film you know just because he's old doesn't mean he can't watch film you gotta remind
0: him that there's
1: film point. out there i you know we've walked <laughs> in not found the varsity team they're in the film room Break. Uh, <laughs> all
0: right so speaking of speaking of film and, and, and just the system of play let's get into that a little bit obviously you know we, your, your vast experience with different coaches you've been it's not your first rodeo uh what should what should we expect from from you know fgr this year in terms of system and i know your personnel dictates it a, l- a lot of years but what what are your strong release after all these years of experience and different different coaches that you've worked with different things that you've seen what what should we expect from you guys not like you're releasing any secrets because after two games everybody's going to know what you're doing anyway i mean there's no real secret uh
1: everybody tries to run that secondary break we kind of run a little Michigan State, you know, get, get the ball to the wings. We want a rim runner. Um, I mean, you hit it once or twice a season, uh, but it's really about spacing. Um, if we get a defensive stop, um, I let them just do like a little hybrid dribble drive and, and create plays for themselves. We're not we're not stopping to for a set play under any condition, even at the end of the game. If, if we get up and go and get a good shot, I'm not going to call a timeout or stop it just so I can, you know, be part of the game Um, and then you know if it's a dead ball or we need a set you know we try and we just try and find a hot hand and call a play for them and see if it works and I like it when assistant coaches are, are giving me suggestions about plays and you know if they're wrong I get to yell at them and if they're right they get a little you know dap so you know we'll have 10 to 15 sets there's no longer 25 to 30 but 10 to 15 and really a lot of dribble drive, you know, shooting threes, kick out threes. That's where the game's become little post away, dumping down to the post and just spreading out teams, uh, teams that pack it in this year against us, they're going to, they're going to mm. struggle. Um, and we're really looking for teams that want to zone us because we got some deep shooters this year.
0: No, it's interesting when you were, when you were at, uh, when you were at Dexter and you were the JV coach and I was, I was helping Randy with the varsity, uh, you had a reputation back then. This is before you even had a varsity team of just being an X and O guy. I remember our JV guys, you won a game for them. Uh you ran some play that you had never practiced, and they they won a game and won it at the buzzer. And you, you, those kids were they bought into you for the rest of the, the year, and it also just changed your reputation in our program. You became the X and o guru. Uh, at that point in our program and I remember you had like nine jazz plays we Randy oh, had yeah. one high, and you just you couldn't handle just Randy's jazz so all of a sudden we've got nine nine plays off of jazz and I just remember that I remember when you were my assistant at Celine I didn't like when we you know, like get a situational thing and you take one team and I take the other I'd, I'd get ticked off at you when you start, you know, doing things that I wasn't ready for and making our starters look bad. But yeah, that's always been a strength. I remember you running a great hammer set against Trope at the end of a game and should have won. The Dexter, if somebody didn't hit, hit that corner shot, you guys would have beat Trope and we'd have seen that look that we get every once in a while from him. But instead he had that smile as he as he shook hands. But yeah, that's the it's it's the fun part of basketball. It's not obviously not the only part of basketball, but it's a, it's definitely a part that that you excel at. Yeah, that,
2: that. I, do, I do remember that hammer play and I was actually going to reference it. Before, you know, if you didn't, it was a great set at the end of the game there. Um, and then, but Matt, that's been a trend for a long time. I, as your JV coach at Ipsy, you also would lose your temper all the time when we scrimmage. So I think it just might be, you don't like to lose to your assistants. I think Tim and I could probably agree on that. I think is what that really comes down to.
0: Absolutely. I've gotten my butt, I've gotten my butt kicked by my assistants in practice so many times. It's just, it's, um, and, I, and yes, it ticks me off because I'm not, that's, I'm not trying to break the confidence of my starters. And that's usually what happens. And they're out there changing defenses or running some stuff that we've never seen before and embarrassing the starters. So maybe I got the wrong starters is what it's all about, but yeah, uh, not well, you're good. You're trying
1: to work on things and, and JV coach just trying to win the yeah. game.
0: So we're doing whatever it takes. And you get them all fired up. The second team, and the JV kids all fired up and varsity. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> walk away with a really bad feeling. I've been there many times. So oh. coach who's on your staff at Gay Richard. Who's your you got assistant coach, JV coach. Who's on your staff over there?
1: Well, we, uh, our JV coach right now is Joseph Wiley. Um, he's been around coaching for a long time. Joe Wiley um, right now. We might have a guy, there might be a couple assistants that, you know, we're kind of looking at. Um, so really we're, we're, not a full staff. Uh, we may or may not have a freshman team. Our freshman coach just got actually a teaching job in the school and her, her son will be playing, you know, high school athletics. So she's, she's had to step away so she can watch, watch her kids play athletics. So, um, I we're not really full right now. We have uh, Joe Wiley. Um, and, Really, it's just us two going, going full go right now, but there'll be a couple more faces when we get a little closer.
2: How important to you is it um, to, to add a female to the staff? And, and should that be an important thing? As you look around the landscape of high school girls' athletics, there's so many middle-aged white males coaching teen girls. Um, and do, do you think it's important to have a female on staff? Is it important maybe
1: uh i think you know they play three sports that they're surrounded by the female coaches all over the place um i I don't think it will make us better or worse if if there's a female that's a good candidate you know we'll put her in there Uh, but we've had females on staff it does make the locker room a lot easier um there's a girl allison marsh that helped us out last couple years i know she'll probably be coming back depending on work so she'll be on staff and my um, assistant that I actually teach with that might come over and she's a female. So, but, you know, there's, there's definitely females on staff. I think it's important, uh, but some of the best coaches in the area are females. So there's, there's just look around and there's plenty of role model, female coaches out there. There's one at Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you coaching coach really. the boys. boys.
0: You know, speaking of your relationships and coaching back, back to your staff. I, I know John Lamar Hamilton is not on your staff at, uh, FGR. He was at Dexter. I, I ran into John again, right before his Achilles injury, uh, yep. during, a, during a, summer tournament in Hillsdale. Why is, why isn't John Lamar a head coach yet? Like I just, it's, it, it, his time has come. He seems to be uh he's been an up and rising young coach for a while, not getting any younger. Um, is he, is, is should we, maybe we'll bring John on and ask him this question but or maybe he just loves to be a player development guy and then uh you know a sub varsity coach or or is he uh is he sniffing some jobs well he's sniffing some jobs you know he's teaching in Ann Arbor so that yeah. kind
1: of solidifies everything now so eventually someone's going to make him a varsity coach um you know it, he's ready it, it's his time and you know some coaches just kind of fall into it but now that he's developing the relationships in the area since he was he was uh, coaching out in I think Dearborn uh, wherever he was it was too far for me to drive to watch him coach but um now that he's in the area uh the relationships are in the area I, I think he'll he'll get his opportunity pretty soon um but you know he is on my staff just not officially he yeah I see
0: I see he works out a lot of your players and he yeah. works out
1: my players um you know, and that's just, just, just relationships. And, you know, these girls can call me or they can
0: call him anytime and and we'll get them in the gym. So. For the record, he, he looks better on untucked than you do at six, three, six, four, you know, that the untucked look is really good with him. When you're six foot six, one frame, it's just not happening yet. But I think the shirts are being made a little shorter now. So I think you're okay with it, but um, I also do not tuck in, but I have pullovers on. So it's a little (laughs) bit mentioned that before. So. Coach, I know you have a, a bit
3: of a reputation for being outspoken on uh, on social media, especially. Um, <laughs> what I'm curious about is uh, you know, with, with that nature, what do you what would you like to see changed in the high school game? Like what, what things you think are important that we try to address over the next coming years here?
1: You know, Derek doesn't talk for 25 minutes and he's just, just gonna try and pull me into these, you know, controversial statements. I've been so good in this interview. I don't know, ever since Josh told me. Well, you didn't tell me, but on your podcast about a year ago, I need to cool it on the the Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed, um, cool it on the Twitter. I
0: figured it it was an administrator from FGR that told you to cool it, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, let's answer the question. uh, (laughs) Well,
2: I'll just say this, and before you answer the question, I just say, like, I thought it was getting to the point where like, it was like, you really are. And I've said this a long time and I take, you know, I joke with you and I'm sarcastic and things we've known each other a long time, but I I have always said, and been very outspoken. You are definitely one of the best basketball minds in this area and have been for a long time. And I think unfairly, that was like because of some of the stuff on social media, people weren't recognizing that how good of a coach you were. And I think, it, I, I I think we all do it. Like I, I have the same Matt and I have the same issue sometimes with our temper and things like that. I think, you know, unfortunately, we, our mouth gets in the way of our coaching ability. So I that was, I think, what I, what I was saying with that.
1: Yeah, no, uh, to answer Derek's question, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we need to go to 25 games. You know, that that makes sense to me. Uh, I think we practice way too much. I think kids want to play the game's more fun. If you're playing, stop, stop a hundred practicing a hundred practices in a season, you know, near the end of the year, I'm, I'm, we're playing dodgeball or kickball. Game. Like we're doing other things besides basketball. It's just too much practice. They want to play. There's more development in games anyway. Um, I think, you know, the we actually have a live period uh, for girls in June, so that will actually help the high school game. I think that was finally a good thing. Um, I'm a believer that you should be able to transfer in high school. Like, I know that's, I talked to all these coaches and and they're all like, well, if a player doesn't want to be here, you know, we support them Like, who wants to hate on a kid that's not happy in a situation? You can transfer for any reason. All I hear is school choice, school choice, but school choice for everybody, but an athlete. Uh, So, you know, to me, I, I know college is a mess but it, it, it's a mess because we held it off for so long and then it was just the floodgates were open and, and kids for the first time had, had, had freedom at the college level, but that's going to settle down and you're going to be forced as a coach to create more relationship relationship with the families. Cause when, when that's the case, you see less traveling. Um, I, I coached varsity for, I don't know how many years I've had maybe two or three college coaches actually, reach out to me and talk about my players is all through aau you know that's not helping the transfer thing i think a shot clock I, I gotta say shot clock otherwise you guys would just talk about it for a half hour you know i think it's important um but if 40 seconds is just way too long <laughs> you know give me a nice shot clock what is 40 seconds you know it <laughs> doesn't really impact the game that much i love the five quarter rule uh, I could just keep going but
2: uh, I mean those are a few of the hot topics I love that you brought up uh, the transfer um, the open transfer rule I guess that you're suggesting like I, I love that because that's one it's it's I don't it's probably not a popular opinion I hundred percent agree with it though I love that you said it um, it's certainly not something people want to say because let, let's be honest kids are transferring anyways um, most of the time they they're not following the MHsa rules um, but there's just it's up to the schools to you know it turn the kid in or or an angry coach or an angry parent of a player they're taking the place of and then it's you know who investigates the ADs have to do it like I don't know um if they made a decision with the young man that transferred the uh division one lineman from Pinckney that ended up transferring to Howell um the, the MHSA was doing some home visits to make sure the kid really moved to see if he could play at Howell and it's like what are we doing with it? I mean, this is how we're spending our time. Um, But yet there was a hundred other transfers this year that weren't investigated, you know? So it's like, and the the old Thomas Kithier thing was obviously a high profile thing a couple of years ago as well. So I, I like your take, I say, let kids go, man. And I mean, yeah, I mean, great point. My son, you know, we moved we had to move and um buy a new house so he could be eligible this year because cause he you know we, we decided to move the kids and not only that we had to be very careful about where we moved to make sure we were closer to that school and we did all those things because we did them the right way, because I believe in that. But um most families can't afford to do that.
3: Notice how the, the two Catholic school guys, they're the ones who want this free open transfer. <laughs> Notice that. Just just pointing that out there for
0: everybody. Some of the most ridiculous conversation we've ever had on the podcast, but we might as well just turn it into AAU basketball, and and no, you know, let the kids just in the middle of the season. Maybe they just like you know, what, I'm not happy here. Let's let's just jump over to another school, or maybe you're suggesting the transfer should only be allowed, you know, at semester or at uh, at the end of the year. But end of the year, of it's year. The, it's it's it would become the wild wild west, and uh, I don't know if that's that a bad I, don't, thing? I don't know if that's good. I they've already they already get to do that during their AAU. I mean, Josh, we had a kid from Chelsea. Who's played at I think three or four high schools already and he's been on you know like seven he was on seven AAU teams I think in one spring and that's what we, we, we would, if we're gonna open it up we're gonna start having that I don't know if that's good or bad um and it, if that's the case let's just get rid of interscholastic sports and just make everything AAU maybe that's the way to do it and give AAU programs the access to these high school gyms during the winter and let's just go that direction I I don't know I I, I don't agree with it but it's thought-provoking you guys great we, great minds great minds
2: we've completely gone off the rails matt yeah. now is just turning yeah. but
0: high school was, into au sports hey, when we brought tim kane on here we knew that was possible and, and it just did and and you know so well hey coach this is uh it's been fun and uh as expected uh we, yeah we did go off the rails a little bit at times but um uh honestly we, we got a ton of respect for you we uh our eyes even though um we got Couple of these guys are in the Jackson area now, and I, I head west at, um, all the time. So we're, we're we seem to be gravitating away from Washington County. But our eyes will be on the uh, the Gaboriau Girls program this year for multiple reasons. Um, expecting big things. Uh, good luck with your season. Good luck with everything else, and uh, we will see you around for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks.